Young Thomas. Michael. Young, young Thomas. It's Friday, buddy. Oh, yeah, sweet <laughs> soul Friday. Holy moly, what are we going to do this weekend? Come well, on. It's casual Friday first. Are you cash today? Oh, I am always cash. <laughs> You know, if I'm not wearing my jammies, because, you know, I do roll right out of bed and roll right into the studio. There you go, buddy. Yeah. And I know this is a good segue into your first subject, isn't it? Sleep and the well, lack thereof. You, Come on. You, you've complained to me from time to time that sometimes you're not. I had a good night's sleep last night. No, but but you'll say you're yeah, probably. Yeah, a lot of times I don't. You're right. Right. Well, there's a study, by Harvard study, and I think this is a little bit of far out kind of. You're hippie. a Harvard man, huh? Well, this is kind of weird because they say. That if you do a week of outdoor camping, it synchronizes your body to the rising of the setting of the sun and helps you cure things like insomnia. Now, do you buy that? Seriously, they say a week of outdoor camping can rebalance the entire system, huh? Yep. You buy it? Well, I buy melatonin. That's what I buy. <laughs> Today, the idea of most Americans camping is leaving their house without their cell phone, right? That's that, roughing it. Yeah, that is roughing it. And you're right. Where are you going to go camping? You know, and not getting eaten by the bears or the wildfires, right? That's a perfect point, buddy. I love being outside as much as the next person. When the sun starts to set, though, I want a nice soft bed with indoor plumbing and a big, thick wall from that bear because nothing ruins your sleep like that, what, <laughs> clawing of a claw to your side of your tent, right, and buddy? You know, that's one of my phobias. <laughs> I'm not much of a camper. Have you gone camping lately? Can you remember the last time you no, went camping? No, I can't even remember. It's been a long time. But you have gone camping. I read an article that said if you just turn off all your devices and, you know, you don't see a bright screen TV or you're not looking at your cell phone right before bedtime, you know, you give that about an hour of not doing that. And then, you know, maybe right before you go to sleep, you pray, you meditate, you read, you listen to some soft music. And I did exactly that last night. And do you know I had the best night's sleep? Well... Do it again today, baby. But I did take a melatonin. The only thing about that melatonin, have you ever taken that? It's a, supposed to be a natural supplement. You know, my wife swears by it, but I've tried it a couple times. It doesn't do a thing for me. It knocks me out. How many do you take? Just one. That's what but I took? have the worst dreams. I mean, just really gnarly, nasty dreams. You know, I'm getting eaten by the bear dreams. On, on, an, on and, a natural... And maybe that's sort of my version of camping right there. <laughs> <laughs> so something natural like a melatonin causes you to have nightmares. Well, it's supposed to be natural, but I don't know why I have such nasty dreams. My wife Karen has taken it, and she says the same thing. It's just really it gives you bad dreams. But right. I'd rather have bad dreams and a good night's sleep than, you know, the opposite Sweet dreams and a rotten night's sleep. I can't seem to find that perfect balance, you know? Uh, try drinking a fifth of Jack Daniels. That'll put you out. Yeah, for a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, right. And then so you're waking up to go to the bathroom, and you got to drink water, and then you got to go to the bathroom again, and oh, my gosh. Tom and Mike. Now, Thomas, you have a pretty good marriage, right? You've been married how many years? A lot. More than the average Joe, I think. Right. So I got married when I was 24. And that was a few years ago. Okay, but, so you guys, you know, a, I'm just slightly outside of the millennial age group. Okay, <laughs> so you got a good marriage, but I'm guessing even in a good marriage that you have, every now and then you and Karen have a little bit of a fight. Oh right? yeah, I mean sometimes you know she just yells at me about everything. I don't yeah. know why. I do everything right. I try to be helpful around the house, but you know she just finds it pleasing to her psyche just to yell at me. 
Do you ever go to bed angry? Sure. And you're not supposed to. You know what? There's science now to it. There's a study out by... That's you biblical, you know. The verse says, don't let the sun go down on your anger, right? Right. But a new UCLA study says that there's science behind not going to bed angry. It says, like, when you go to sleep... Science! Ang- What's that? Science! That was Thomas Dolby making <laughs> so, <laughs> a rare personal appearance here on the show. So let's say you and Karen have a big fight and you go to bed angry. And they say the memory and association spreads to and gets stored in parts of your brain connected with long-term memory, making them more difficult to forget and brush aside. So they say that every time you do that, it gets stored in your head, and it maybe as you wake up in the future, you might not be as forgiving of your wife. Or our certain. brains, our psyches are like a big hard drive, right? You, know, you my don't want to get your hard drive infected because it just infects other parts of the body. You know, my wife giving me the solid tribute, she still thinks that's punishing me. <laughs> oh! <laughs> right? <laughs> I like that. Uh, you know, so they say that some marriages can be fun some of the time. The trouble is you're married all the time. That's the problem, Thomas. That is the problem. Oh, brother. You know, think about this. We're not complaining, though, are no. we? No. You know, we're perfect, happy, shiny, happy people, aren't we? Let me ask you this. When someone's murdered, a, a husband or wife gets murdered, who's the first person you always go to? The husband! Yes. Well, that's all you need to know about it, Thomas. Yeah, we're always guilty, right? right? No matter what. Even when we're innocent, we're guilty. And even if you're a good marriage, you know, couples always seem to be able to finish other people's sentences. Can you do that with Karen? You know, I have trouble just finishing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. You well, know, what the, you know yeah. what the most popular... Ending to a finishing sentences for a man. What? Shut the hell up. That's yeah, what it is, buddy. I can believe that. I yeah. Should, you should never, ever, Thomas, never laugh at your wife's choices. You know why? Laugh at her choices? Yeah. Yeah, you know, because she picked me. That's right, buddy, because you're one of them. I can finish that joke. Can you? Other things in life I can't finish. <laughs> <laughs> and for all you newlyweds out there, there's a big difference between just being a newlywed and after being married a year, because after a year, the dog is still excited to see you when you come home. That's right. Right, buddy? That's right. All right. That's enough of this marriage stuff. Tom and Mike. I know you're a meat lover, right? I'm a meat lover and a meat loaf lover. <laughs> and I'm guessing there's nights. You don't want to talk about meat loaf music <laughs> again. You know, I'm still trying to figure out. The other day, you just started talking about meat loaf. I'm right. like, Okay, how is this topical? How is this relevant? Could you explain that to me, by the way? Can we go back to that moment in time? Because I rediscovered one of his live albums, and I couldn't believe I how- get it. Okay, it's all about you. Well, I just want to share the, share the wealth, oh, you're baby. Sh- you're sharing. Okay. Sharing the wealth. So anyway, Thomas, being that you're a meat lover, there's probably, well, you're a bad example, because I'm sure that you're- Freezer is filled with all kinds. I don't eat meat every meal, do you? No. We throw in a little chicken and fish, but... Uh, I think that would be meat. Well, chicken yeah. And, chicken a, and fish? <laughs> then I'm a meat lover. Do you have meat for breakfast? No. Today, Never? This morning I had uh, homemade banana bread made of almond flour, so there's no carbs. Well, there's some carbs, but not the kind you get if you regular... Eight regular, okay, but, all right. All right, so get, anyway, on, get on with it. You're the one who keeps interrupting Nobody me. Nobody wants to know what you had for breakfast. What? Oh, it was me that you, asked you. Yeah. I'm sorry. So anyway, so the average person wakes up in the middle of the night and they want to have a nice piece of meat, a filet or whatever, because they just got that. In the middle of the night? Well, some people do. Some people work different Seriously. Hours. Are yeah. you one of those people that wakes up in the middle of the night and you got to have something to eat? Well, you could be working the night shift or something. I never did understand that. You're in the middle of sleeping. You wake up, you go down to the fridge and you have a sandwich. Who does that? In the movies, they do. I know. Why do they do that? Well, right now in France, in Paris, they have vending machines that allow you to go and put your money in, and out pops 
any kind of meat you want. How about that, Thomas? Meat vendors. And they're coming to New York City in a matter of months. Right now, the city of lice has become the city of salmonella, baby. Meat machines. How long do you think that stuff's been in there? That's what I want to know. You know, I wouldn't eat the stuff, half the stuff in my fridge, let alone somebody's vending machine. Come on. Meat. How many quarters do you have? Meat, meat in a vending machine. Just yeah. like mama used to make, right? Mm. <laughs> Beef is best when it has some funk on it. Then I think it's been in there for a while, <laughs> right? That's what mama said. <laughs> but do you think it'll be a hit when it comes over here? No. I bet it will. You really think so? I think people will... In the city that never sleeps, maybe. Right. Depending on the prices, if you can get a nice cut of meat... Fully nuked. (laughs) I tell you what, meat that has been microwaved is the worst. You're right. Have you done that before? Well, only like when we go out and we try and barbecue and it's not done and we turn the barbecue off and it's a little little rare in the the middle, the wife will say, just stick it in the microwave for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) You've done that too, haven't you? No. You know, I would never put meat in the microwave, but that's just me. I think I've had it before, and it's like rubber. Yeah, you're probably right. It loses the taste and everything. Although, I get scared when I barbecue too much because I think it's kind of cancer-causing. Do you ever worry about that? No. You clean off the grill as much as you can, but it's still black, right? Right. A little char is not going to kill you. Okay. Just a little bit. All right. Tom and Mike. Now, Thomas, I bet when you woke up this morning, you said to yourself, I wonder what space smells like. Do you ever do that? Space? Yeah, space, the ozone. You know, I stopped watching the NASA channel when I found out what they were drinking. But no, (laughs) I never really thought about that. What does it smell like? Well, they interviewed a whole bunch of astronauts. You know, there hasn't been that many, but they've gone out there and space. You said over 500 recently. Well, no, I said since the day one of our space program, I think it's 470 or something, have been out there. But But all of them haven't gone out and done a spacewalk. But the ones that have done a spacewalk, they describe the spell of space. You ready for this? It's a combination, they say, of welding fumes and charred meat. Mm. So basically, it's a NASCAR race. A NASCAR race, huh? You, you know, you go to a NASCAR race, you smell- I kind of like the smell of fuel fumes. <laughs> I do. I don't know why. But there is this sort of smell- this sort of putrid. Have you ever had a piece of electronic equipment fry? Yes. You know that funky smell? Yeah, you like that. No, I don't like that. That's kind of what I picture space odors to be like. That's not a good smell. So they don't like it. The astronauts don't like Well, they didn't like say they didn't like it or not. They just said that's what they smell like. I think some enterprising entrepreneur should bottle this smell. And here's the tagline. You smell out of this world. Isn't that a good one? Yeah, but I don't think I would be wearing your perfumes. <laughs> you know, when they said the ozone smells like steak, Chris Christie says, I want to be an astronaut. <laughs> space smells like charred meat and welding fumes. When they go out on those, those spacewalks, they're all in those big helmets and stuff. How do they smell anything? They're just smelling their B.O. coming back through their spacesuits, I think. Tom and Mike. You know there's a new space-age underwear that guarantees to, to hide any kind of flatulence or any other kind of smell. Do you know that, Thomas? They're called Shreddies. Shreddies? Shreddies. Well, there's a bunch of products out there, but the first one came out of Great Britain called Shreddies. Do they make Shreddies in compression underwear? <laughs> These things are made out of something called Zorflex Activated Carbon Back Panel. So basically, they're using principles of chemical warfare to fight chemical warfare. <laughs> right? Yeah. This makes a nice good Christmas gift, Thomas. Shreddies, huh? Shreddies. So this is technology we could all get behind, right? Get behind. <laughs> You're so funny. You know, for some people, okay, this is great, but they also better come with a muffler. You know what I'm saying, buddy? A muffler? To hide that sound, too. 
<laughs> it's one thing to hide the smell, but but the enjoyment of something like this, you know, you go out for lunch in your office and you're always worried and you're living, working in a cubicle next to the other guy. Now you say, I can have that bean and burrito right now because I want to enjoy myself, right? Well, but some people actually enjoy, you know, the smells that they <laughs> emanate. So what about those folks? You're hanging around the wrong people, my friend. <laughs> you know that, don't you? What kind of friends you have? <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not coming to your parties. You know, I'm glad this distance separates us here in the morning. You know, we're not in the same room together, in case you're wondering. We're not in the same studio? No, you're in a different studio. Oh, that's right, buddy. That's why. Because honestly, no offense, Mike, I really don't want to smell you first thing in the morning. <laughs> no, this I underwear. Is I it? want to smell my coffee, and that's it. <laughs> if I'm coming to your party, though, I'm making sure that everybody is getting a pair of shreddies for Tom Ken's party. It's a shreddy party. A shreddy party. You've heard of Tupperware parties. Now we introduce... The Shreddy Party. Shreddy, so you're not smelling sweaty. (laughs) Now, Thomas, we haven't done this in a while. Are you ready for a dead or alive? I am. It has been a while, hasn't it? Yes, I'm going to give you 12 different names, and I'm going to see how many you can get out of these 12. You feeling pretty good today? Yes, we should cue the little dead or alive jingle, right? Hit it, baby. All right, Thomas, here we're going to start off with an easy one. Now, a lot of millennials listening to us might not know this person, but man, she was big in the 50s and 60s. One of the biggest stars doing romantic comedies, Miss Doris Day, alive or dead? Oh, that's a good one. That is a good one because I'm easily confused (laughs) between her and Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds is definitely dead. She's not. Doris Doris Day, I'm going to say, is alive. Thomas? 96 years old, she's still kicking. Amazing. We haven't seen her many years, and I'm sure that's why. 96 and still alive. Did you used to get the two of them, you know, Debbie Reynolds and... No, I never did, Thomas. Okay. All right. (laughs) All right, I'm going to give you another Dora. She was the star of Everyone Loves Raymond, although she did many other things in her career. Doris Roberts, alive or dead? Dead. You are correct, buddy. Two for two. All right. Another sex icon from the 60s, a European from France, Miss Bridget Bardot, dead or alive? Alive. 84, you're right, buddy. Wow, three for three. No, you got Doris Day wrong, didn't you? Or you got her, no, uh, I, come on, you don't want to give me anything. All right, you're right, you're three for three. All right, all right now we're going to change it up. We're going to go to the men. He was big in the 80s, Boy George, dead or alive? Alive. 57 years old, still kicking. Yep. He won an- Hey, wait. Four for four. Four for Friday. Academy Award winner, Mr. George Kennedy. Cool hand, Luke. He is dead. Dead at 91, 2016. Five for five. He was the star of a great comedy series in the 80s, one of the best of all times. Many other things. They staged theater. Hal Linden, Barney Miller. Hal Linden. Yes. Barney Miller. Yes. Is dead. Alive, 87. Oh, no. I missed one. (laughs) I was having a perfect Friday. Yes, you are, buddy. All right, here we go. Country star had a big hit called No One Promised Me a Rose Garden, Lynn Anderson. She's dead. Dead is right. As a doornail. Yeah. Oh, don't be happy about it. Now, Thomas. <laughs> I'm not. There's another not. female singer. But if you knew what was on the other side, you might be happy for her. Right. Another female star, another 60 star. This goes back a while, but uh, she was pretty big in her day. Miss Leslie Gore. It's my party. That's right. And I cry if I want to. I don't remember that song. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Gore. Oh, man. You got me on that one. I'm going to say alive, just guessing. She's dead. Died in 2015. Oh, okay. At 68. All right, buddy. Big soul singer. Big soul singer. Hit a big hit called When a Man Loves a Woman, Percy Sled. Dead. 
He died at 74 three years ago. Here are the final three ones. I think you're going to get all three of them. They're easy. They're layups. Wow, you got a lot today. There's layups. There's three layups for you. Ready? Ready. He's one of the biggest TV variety shows, The Carol Burnett Show. Mr. Harvey Corman, dead or alive? Dead. Died a few years ago at 81. You know who I hear is not doing too good? Who? From that show. He's from Cleveland. Well, how was my second one? His partner, Tim Conway. Oh, he's alive, but he's not doing good. He's 84. Yeah. And finally, she was also on the show in many, many movies. Young Frankenstein, a lot of Mel Brooks's movies. She was also in Mary Tyler Moore show, Miss Cloris Leachman. Dead. Alive. Nine. Oh, boy. So, Thomas, you did pretty good. I got all but two. How many did you give me? I gave you 12. Wow. You missed on Leslie Gore, Hal Linden. Wait. No, I got Hal Linden. Well, you missed on... No, I, I missed, uh, missed on Leslie Gore. You did pretty and, good. And the last one. What was the last one? Cloris Leachman. Yeah. You did good, buddy. So, what do I win? Am I the ninth caller? You're- Come on. i tell you what. Let's give a gift to all of our listeners this morning. I know what that is, Thomas. If they want to have some of this fun that goes straight through with no break, go to whatsthisworldcomingto.com, right? The gift, just like Christmas, that keeps on giving. I know when I'm on the bus going to work in the morning, I can hear people laughing and I say, what are you laughing to? They say, it's what's this world coming to? It's taking the world. Taking the world by Stormy Daniels. Tom and Mike.